Hello and welcome to OT Blitz with Austin Carter. A lot of big deals over the last week have gotten done, mainly yesterday and today with uh, in the NFL. Especially Miles Garrett signs a five-year, $125 million deal. A lot of people are saying it's good. A lot of people are saying it bad. Well, I mean, you can look at it both ways. His most sacks is only 13.5 in a season. But you look at guys like J.J. Watt, whose most is 20.5 in a season. And Andano, who also posted 20.5 in a season. So by paying him, you are banking on him becoming that superstar type player like an Aaron Donald, like a J.J. Watt, you know? So, but he has the potential to definitely be one of those guys. He really does. But like I said, you got to bank that he, you are hoping that he becomes one of these star pass rushers. Because only 13.5 and you're paying, stacks in the season and you're paying him? $125 million. you are hoping that he becomes the backbone of that defense, the guy that's going to pressure the quarterback, the guy that's going to hit the quarterback, the guy that's going to help up the second day by getting to the quarterback so fast. You know, it's actually a fun stat, though, is that the Browns made a total of 12 first-round picks between 2011 and 2017. Miles Garrett just became the first of those 12 players to sign a second contract with the team. That's how pathetic the Browns organization has been. So they're really banking on this guy to be that guy for them. Um, but also Chris Jones for the Kansas City Chiefs, he banks in on a major deal, four years, $85 million, 60 of that being guaranteed. I think it's a great deal for both sides, Casey Locks up the dominant defensive tackle for less than the Browns did for Garrett. And here's the crazy part. Jones plays defensive tackle and has a higher season high for sacks than Miles Garrett. So in my opinion, Chiefs, man, they, they definitely won this one. That's a major deal. Four years, only $85 million for a defensive tackle that can lock up the run game. He's going to... Bolster through that line, offensive line. They don't stand a chance. We've all seen it. And he can also get to the quarterback. A big dude that fast, pretty scary, man. Pretty scary. So I think Chiefs got the better deal than the Browns did. Like, Jones, he always proves that he can get to the quarterback enough. He already proved that he can cause the run game. And he does it at a defensive tackle, not even as a defensive end. So for him to have more sacks in a single season than uh, Garrett, that's, come on, man. That's, you got a hell of a deal. Be the leader of that defense with Tyron Matthew. Like, you, you, your defense is looking good, man. And then you got Patrick Mahomes on the offensive side. Tyreek Hill, Jason, Kel, uh, Travis Kelsey. Like, man, come on. Chiefs are looking phenomenal coming out with that deal. Um, there's Brian tweeted out also that he thinks Mahomes and Reed can have that Brady Belichick Peyton Breeze effect to the game. In my opinion, I believe if Reed is serious about coaching into his 70s, they can become the greatest QB coach duo ever. I see them winning at least three more Super Bowls together. 
And that wouldn't be as much Super Bowls as Brady and Bill. But let's not act like Brady hasn't been bailed out multiple times in the playoffs. Come on, we all saw it, man. Last few years, he's been bailed out a bunch of times. A bunch of times. And if you're telling me that Patrick Mahomes isn't more talented than Brady, uh, I can't agree with you, man. I really, I really, really can't agree with that. And, um... So, yeah, I believe that they're going to win at least three more Super Bowls together. And I think they, I think Mahomes actually has the potential to become the greatest QB of all time. We talked about it on last week's show that he's the second greatest pure passer already, only behind Dan Marino. And you can make the case that he's already a better pure passer than Dan Marino, which I don't believe. But if you want to have that debate, I'm I'm more than willing to have that debate because he is very, very, very talented. Very talented. Um, oh, Derek Henry today also signed a uh, four-year deal with $50 million. Uh, that was a That's a steal, in my opinion. I think he is the best running back in the game, and Christian McCaffrey makes more than him. When it's time for Saquon to get paid, Saquon's going to make more than him. So, I I don't know how Titans got him to agree to that. Only $12 million a year. And you got to think about it, man. Let's look at last year. You know, Tenel came in and he sparked that offense. And he sparked that defense. They were willing to start playing because Mariota couldn't do nothing with that team. So, once they start proving they had a little bit of a passing game... They couldn't just load the box, you know. They like there's a lot of times they were, but there's also they could start running that play action, you know, because you have the threat of Tannehill coming off of it and throwing a deep bomb to AJ Brown. So Derrick Henry he started piling up yardage after yardage, and they start giving him the rock like twenty five to thirty times a game. Derrick Henry is the best running back in the league. We all saw that in the playoffs. We saw what he did to the Patriots. We saw what he did to the Ravens. I think old Thomas still has nightmares of Derrick Henry. So for him to only get $12 million a year, that's pretty That's pretty insane. I, if I was Derrick Henry, I wouldn't have signed that deal. I wouldn't. I would have took my talents to free agency, and I would have got my $15 million a year that I deserved. They made it to the AFC Championship last year because Derrick Henry was running through people. He was a freight train. He couldn't be stopped. Oh, excuse me. Uh, Eagles are signing back Jason Peters to a one-year deal, but it's not to play tackle this year. He's going to play. He's going to play guard. Eagles Pro Bowl guard Brandon Brooks went down with a torn Achilles, which. This is a good plug-in for this year. Jason Jason Peters, you know, multiple-time, multiple-time pro bowler. So it's a good plug-in, but he's old, you know. So, and Brandon Brooks has been rehabbing a shoulder injury. He suffered an Achilles injury for the second time in three years. This is his third significant injury over these three years. 
He tore his left Achilles, his right Achilles, and he dislocated his shoulder that was bothering him all year last year. And he's already 30 years old, and his body is starting to slowly break down on him. So, if I'm the Eagles, you gotta start thinking. You gotta start thinking. Are we gonna draft a guard? And trade Brooks? Because you can still get a return for Brooks. You know, he's too good not to get a return. Or are you going to go to free agency and you're going to sign a guard? Because I don't think Brooks has too many Pro Bowl years left in him. You know, so, um. But here goes the craziest story that came out. And I don't even think a lot of people heard about this. Logan Lane is an independent reporter for the Miami Dolphins. And he tweeted out, and I quote, Privately, Jarvis Landry was devastated by being traded from the Dolphins. It was the coaching that wanted him away from not the city nor the team. He has since been proven right on those coaching woes. If given the opportunity, Juice would return in a heartbeat. And that's not all and that's not even all of it, guys. He also tweeted out that the story, as I have it, goes that in addition to the many disagreements Jarvis had with Adam Gase on his usage, play calling, etc., Gase appeared to have gotten in the way of a deal that would have brought Odo Beckham Jr. to Miami. This took place while the Dolphins' front office was still very unsure of Devontae Parker's development and were desperate to give Tannehill whatever he needed to properly evaluate him. Ultimately, Gase stepped in and shut down the conversation, citing Odell's character. It's important to note that these discussions never went far as Gase supposedly shut them down early. <laughs> Who the hell does Adam Gase think he is? Yeah, I'm still a big fan of Gase, even after everything that happened in Miami. I think he's going to do good things with Donald and... I know I'm on the minority of that opinion, but I think he can turn things around in New York, especially with Greg Williams coaching that defense and him taking care of Donald. You know, they drafted Denzel Mims. I don't know about him, but they're trying to get Donald weapons. They're trying to do whatever they can. But who the hell does Adam Gase think he is? Jarvis Landry was the best slot receiver in the league when he played for Miami. And he wanted his best friend, his brother, to come and play with him in Miami. You know? And you get a chance at a top three wide receiver like OBJ. Number one, in my opinion. I think he's still the best in the league. He's had a few years because of injuries. But I still believe that he is the best receiver in the league. And you have a chance to get him. And you say you don't want him because of character issues. I don't you you have a chance to have Odo Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, two of the best receivers in the NFL, both definitely top ten. And you're gonna say no? Who the hell does Adam Gase think he is to make like if I'm Chris Guerrero, the GM of the Miami Dolphins, I'm telling Gase to shut the fuck up. We're trading for Odell, whether if you like it or not. You have a chance at a once and a lifetime talent. And you're going to say no. No, man. I, was, I, I like Gase. I think he's a good coach. But I think his ego gets 
way too involved, and I just can't believe that he toned he decided to tone that down. I don't know what the deal would have been if I would have took a little bit more than the Browns gave away, which the Browns didn't even give away a whole lot. You know, considering the type of player that Odell is. But this would have been a few years before. And I definitely think it would have been a good amount to get him to bring his talents to South Beach. But I just, I I really don't get how, if you have an offer on the table for Odell Beckham, I don't get how you wouldn't want him on your team. Automatically, he makes your team better. Your offense is going to be way more explosive. He's way too talented to not want on your team. But let me stop ranting about Adam Gase. So, Saturday was the Jorge Mazadov versus Usman fight. I watched it. And actually, let me reward that. Saturday was the beatdown. Jorge didn't stand a chance. He lost all five rounds, in my opinion. Usman just hugged him and laid on him the entire fight. The entire fight. And all he did is just keep kicking his foot to get points. And Jorge just got gassed. He was outmatched by the better fighter. After that performance, I honestly don't see Jorge getting another title fight. Again, he's 35 and 14, and he's already 35 years old. You know, it was a good one for him the last few fights. Coming in to the Usman fight, he's had a couple good fights, you know. He knocked out that one dude with the, the knee strike. And that's when he blew up. That's when the hype train started, you know. And then he beat Diaz. Which is, you beat Diaz, your name's going to get put up there. Diaz is a market draw, you know. Like, people are going to pay to see Diaz. And if you beat Diaz, your name is going to be put up there. But Jorge was just so outmatched. So it's not the type of fight Jorge wanted. And I feel bad for that reason. Because Usman just played to his advantages, you know. He just laid on him. He just beat him down. And Jorge doesn't want that. Jorge wants to stand up with you and knock your fucking teeth out. He wants, he wants to brawl. He wants to, get a, he wants to get his kicks in, get his punches in. You know, he wants to brawl with you. He don't want to just lay on the ground. And that's why he was gassed. His stamina does not meet Usman's. Usman could possibly go down as one of the greatest champions if he keeps this up. He's boring as fuck to watch. That's one of the most boring fights I have ever watched. But he is way, way, way too talented. Um, speaking of the UFC, though, Nate Diaz tweeted out uh, about Saturday night. Shout out to Rose and Max. They robbed Max, though. But 100 to see the real fighters out there. You know, and then Anthony Pettis commented on that tweet and said, shut your annoying ass up. Pettis, didn't Diaz just whoop you? He made you look like a child. It's time to retire. Shut the fuck up. You're not good anymore. You haven't been good in a while. And Nate isn't going to fight you again. The only reason Nate even fought you is because it's the only it's it's the fight that they offered him. He was out for a couple years, and so Dana just said, "Here goes this fight. Take it, and we'll see what happens." So he did it. 
Pettis, nobody cares about you anymore, man. Now you're just chasing clout. By commenting that, you're just showing you're chasing clout. You just want something to get you a couple more bucks before you finally retire. And you just got to stop. And then, also, McGregor commented on his tweet to Diaz and said, Shut your bitch ass up. But then he eventually deleted it for some reason. McGregor, you don't want this trilogy. Let's be honest, you don't want this trilogy. First fight, Nate handled you easily. Wasn't even close. He made you tap out. Then, you guys fight the second time, you know. And my opinion's bullshit. You, McGregor did not win that fight. He did not. He won the first two rounds. Third round was really close. But I get the third round to Nate. And then the fourth and fifth definitely went to Nate. The only reason McGregor won that fight is because Dana White wants money. And he knew the trilogy is going to end up happening. He knew it was going to end up happening. So the judges was rigged. Look, UFC and boxing is just a box draw. Whatever they think can bring them more money, that's what they're going to do. And that's what they did. So the third fight is going to be fair, I believe. So, McGregor, you win that fight? If. That's a big word for two letters. Then I give you your props. But I don't see McGregor beating him. Especially if it's a five-round fight again, like it was. McGregor doesn't have the stamina to keep up with Nate. That's why Nate won the third and fourth and fifth round. Those championship rounds, the fourth and the fifth, easily because stamina-wise, Diaz is far superior. McGregor comes in looking to knock you out by the first or second round. And he's not going to be able to knock Nate out. Nate has... His his draw's too strong, man. You're not going to be able to knock that guy out. And... That's why, in my opinion, he lost both fights. That's why, man. Um, the deadline franchise, the deadline for franchise player contracts, uh, happened today, and Dak Prescott, AJ Green, Hunter Henry, Brandon Sheriff, Joe Th- uh, Thunny, Matt Judon, uh, Yannick Nagoku. Leonard Williams, Bud Dupree, Shaq Barrett, and Justin Simmons. All oh, and Anthony Harris. All didn't receive a deal, so they're gonna play on that franchise tag. This year, Matt Judon might still get traded. Nagagwe probably gonna get traded. I just, I don't see how you don't get a deal done with Shaq Barrett. He led the league in sacks last year. He led the league in sacks. He was he had 19.5, I believe. Off the top of my head, I believe it's 19.5. He was dominant. Dominant. Like, he just did whatever he wanted. He played with tackles last year. And now you got Tom Brady on that offense, and you... Bring him in to try to win you a Super Bowl, or rather, like over the next three years. So why not sign Shaq Barrett to that four-year deal? 
Why not get him locked up so you have that defensive rush leader? Why not? I I don't get what Tampa Bay's office is doing by not signing him. But it's stupid. But uh, speaking of also Dak not getting a, uh, a deal, Jane Slater tweeted out, I'm told Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott was involved at a, the last minute in an effort to get a long-term deal done. But it was up against the 3 p.m. Uh, deadline. Pure Source informed the deal was between 33 to $35 million annually with a $110 million guaranteed. But I think that was a five-year deal. She didn't speak on it, but I'm guessing that was a five-year deal. But the problem here is, isn't about the guarantee. Isn't about the the annually. It's Dak wants a four-year deal. He that's that's what he's asking for. I mean, he's asking for around thirty-five million a year. He wants thirty-five, but he wants he wants that four-year deal because what happens after four years? He gets another chance. To, um, to get another big contract, the dude led the league in passing yards. Like there is no reason that you're not paying him. There's no reason. Dak is 26 right now, so his plan is: look, let me get a four-year deal. I'll be only 30 years old, and I could sign another four-year deal. Dak is trying to set him up. Financially for the long run. That five-year deal is going to fuck him. He takes a five-year deal, then he's 31. And I know it's only one-year difference, but that's a lot for a quarterback. Once they get over that 30-year, you're getting, eh, you're getting a little bit shaky, you know? People are going to be a little bit less hesitant. Unless you're like a Tom Brady or you're a Drew Brees. And Dak's not one of those guys. But Dak is a very talented quarterback. A little bit of a down year last year, but he still led the league in passing yards. How are you going to pay Zeke, but you're not going to pay Dak? Dak plays a way more important position than Zeke does, and you paid Dak. I mean, you paid Zeke. But you're not going to pay Dak? Like, I don't get it, man. I don't understand how you don't pay him. It makes zero sense. If I was Jerry Jones, I would have got that deal done. Give him the four years. Give him the $35 million that he wants. Give him what the guarantee that he wants. Because if you sit around and say Dak somehow wins MVP this year. He has the talent to be an MVP quarterback. Like I know there's a lot of hate that Dak gets. But he has the talents to be an MVP quarterback. So say he does win MVP. Then what you're going to do, Jerry, you're going to be fucked. You're going to be fucked so hard because then he's not going to want $35 million no more. He's going to want 38 to 40 and he's still going to want that four-year deal, and you're going to have to end up paying him that. Or contracts just got bigger. So say you, you sign him to the franchise tag this year. What about if you can't get a deal done next year? Franchise tag goes up even more. Why? Because Patrick Mahomes has signed that big deal. I don't know what Jerry Jones is thinking, but he should have got this deal done today. He should have got it done. 
Alright, let's go through the rundown. Things you may have missed over the last week. Cole Custer gets his first NASCAR win ever as a rookie. Congrats to him and congrats to his crew. Dude came out of nowhere. I don't know how he won it, but he did. So that's a big congrats to him, man. First year, you get your first win. You're going to be in the chase now. And the way the chase is set up now, anybody can win that thing, man. You know, anybody can win that. So this could build a lot of momentum for Cole Custer, you know. Who knows? He might be one of the next big stars in NASCAR. Um, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten announced they are only doing conference play this season. Which, for football, which is, in my opinion, is very, very, very stupid. I Like, what, you can only get corona by playing guys out of conference? No matter where you go, there's going to be a chance of coronavirus this year. So, just by you not playing one of your non by you not playing a conference team, that doesn't lessen your chance to get corona. If you're going to get it, you're going to get it no matter if you're playing in conference or out of conference. So now the Big Ten and the Pac-12, they don't even got full schedules no more. Now there's a discussion going on in the Pac-12. Should they invite Notre Dame and BYU so that way they can try to fill out their schedule a little bit more? To a one-time offer for this year for them to join the Pac-12. So I, I, I think some independents are going to be invited to these type of conferences to try to fill out these schedules. Because they got to do something. Somehow they're going to have to fill their schedule. Yeah, I think it's stupid, and I, I just don't, I don't get why it was thought of, and I don't know why they accepted to do that. Um, also, Browns reached a deal with third-round rookie Jacob Phillips. Uh, Redskins fire Alex Santos, the director of Pro Personnel, and Richard Mann II, the assistant director of Pro Personnel Saturday. Uh... And they also hire former Panthers director of college scouting, Eric Stokes, as director of pro scouting. So, Rivera goes out and he gets one of his guys. Not surprising, you know, when a new coach comes over, they're going to want to get those guys, you know. And that might be the last signing from his old Panthers day this season. But I wouldn't be surprised next year if he gets a couple more of those guys to come over. Like, maybe the OC won't work out, so maybe next year, like, okay, let's get the wide receiver coach from there. Or maybe the OC, the Panthers OC might get fired or something. So they're like, okay, let's pull him over. But I, I definitely see Rivera getting more of his guys to come over and try to fix that culture in Washington. Um, Next forward, Michael Beasley. Beasley, I'm sorry, tested positive for coronavirus, returned home, and his roster status is up in the air now because he left the bubble, you know? Now he's out of that NBA bubble in Orlando. So are they going to allow him to rejoin the bubble? I don't believe so. So I don't, my opinion is he won't play this year. But it really doesn't matter, you know? The Nets signed Jamal Crawford also, but... You don't got Kyrie playing. You don't got KD playing. You don't got... Uh, is Dinwiddie playing? I don't believe Dinwiddie is playing. And then you don't have DeAndre Jordan playing. 
And there's no point for that team even to play. They're, they're going to win nothing. Like, they have nobody now. Your best starters are 40-year-old Jamar Crawford and Kaz LeVert. Minnesota Wild extends Everson through 2021 to 2022 to be its full-time head coach. He was the previous interim coach. So, congrats to him. Hopefully, he can turn around Minnesota. Um, Seahawks tight end Greg Olson has signed with Fox Sports to be their future number two NFL game analyst. After he retires, he will be paired with Kevin Burkhart. So, once he retires, he'll go into the booth with Kevin Burkhart to be their number two. And I think this is a really good signing. Um, we saw him on air a couple times last year talking while he was injured. And he did a pretty good job, you know. Wasn't as bad as Jason Witten. So, I mean, pretty good signing there. Um, Russell Westbrook tested positive for COVID-19. Also, uh, free agent tight end Jordan Reed, the former Washington playmaker, has three teams interested and plans to play in 2020. Terrible idea. Whoever those three teams are, scrap it off your list. The guy's made of glass. You might as well burn your money or just go out to the side of your stadium with a guarantee there's homeless people sleeping and ask them to play. What's Jordan Reed going to give you? Four games before he springs his pinky? Before he gets a paper cut? Before he gets tough toe? Man, we don't... You, you shouldn't want this guy. He was very, very talented at one point, but now he's just made a glass. It's time for him to hang it up and realize he's done in the NFL. The Lions signed number three overall pick, Jeff Akuda. Congrats to him. Uh, Alex Bokanowski says, Fighting Henry Cujo doesn't help his quest for ghost status. Henry responded by tweeting, Prove me wrong! Exclamation point. I bet my whole post that you wouldn't beat me! Exclamation point. And my first girlfriend. Hashtag bend the knee. Henry, you're not going to win that fight. You literally were just on Ryan Garcia, a boxer's uh, Instagram post, begging him to fight you. You're just looking for a payday, man. We know you're not that good anymore. Just just give it up. You're not going to beat him, man. And final, Ravens reached agreement with their third-round pick linebacker, Malik Harrison. Congrats to him. Alright guys, this was OC Blitz with Austin Carter. I want to thank everyone for coming out for the second episode. And yeah, just thanks. Hope you have a great day. Love and support.